0: Hey guys, welcome back for a new episode of Out of Band. Uh, my name is Jennifer Winokers. And my name is Faith Beal. And today we have a special something for you guys. Um, we are gathered here today with <laughs> Joe Sonini and he is a, a, an ex-colleague of mine, wonderful person, very experienced cybersecurity uh, uh, specialist. And today we're gonna discuss identity and access management with him. Joe, welcome
1: hi thank you
0: <laughs> so um maybe it would be good for the public to introduce yourself a little bit
1: sure so um, i'm Joe Znini. i'm the director of products at a company called q um, and i am very happy to be here so thank you for the invitation and um i especially talking about identity access management because I no longer work in that field. So to be considered an expert still, even though I'm not part of it, um, is a very nice feeling. Um, But I will talk about how it does affect my daily life, even though I'm not working for um, for a specific identity access management provider. Um, So I started, I graduated from college in the university of dayton a long time ago uh with management information systems major which is like you know computer engineering plus Mm -hmm. business um and then did some you know started off so this is like you know right after like i don't know if you know what starbanks oxley is but there's a big uh financial it uh uh, bill that passed in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. um and this is like you know I don't want to say this is when, this is before IAM was even a thing, because you still had like active directory, but you didn't have the whole vendor sprawl mm-hmm. uh, back then as we do now, because everyone was just trying to figure out, you know, how to get Starbase Oxy compliant at that time. Yeah. So I was not working in IAM at that time, because there was no such thing, really. Um. So I was just like a business analyst doing like junior DBA stuff, application analyst stuff. And then 2008 came around and I got a job offer for a a boutique security firm that said, uh, that asked if I um, wanted to work for them for an IAM implementation of software. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, sure. What is that? And it ended up being a a site minder and uh, identity Mm -hmm. manager, CA identity manager implementation. Um, So that's kind of how I cut my teeth in Mm -hmm. IAM back in 2008 and Kind of uh, was like a barnstormer of the time, you know, 15 years since then, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, completely enthralled in IAM. And uh, and now, uh, so I went from a boutique security, security consulting firm to a big four firm, and then went to um, a software vendor, an IAM software vendor itself, doing pre-sales, uh, and then I became an IAM product manager. And now I am a product manager for a threat intelligence company. Um, but we do handle identities all the time. And especially as a product manager, the identity and user experience is the first thing someone sees when they get into my product. Yeah. So that has to be as streamlined and as uh, frictionless as possible. So that's why I say I still do breathe, live mm-hmm. and breathe IAM every day with my current role, even though I'm not part
0: of IAM. Yeah. Thank you for the so,
2: introduction. Yeah, yeah <laughs> um, not an identity access management um, um, expert, right? Despite all the no. experience. Anyway. Any <laughs> <laughs> So, when we talk of IAM, what exactly are we talking about? Can you, like, decipher IAM? What is it?
1: Sure. So, there's two. Two big parts to IAM. Um, so it's you know s- securing the identities of the users, um, both your employees and customers, mm-hmm. and allowing them to prove who they are when they access your systems. Uh, the second piece to that is once they prove who they are, once they authenticate, is to give them the information that they are privy to and only that information. So the authorization piece. Um, so the first part, the first part is authentication, the second mm-hmm. part is authorization. There's a vast plethora of sub-skills and you know things underneath that, but that's the the main thing that uh, many people are trying to solve. Um, so there's you know with those two pieces, you have IgA, so identity governments and administration.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that is like you know, dealing with provisioning your users and deprovisioning your users. Making sure that they were that the users are in a you know, directory, for example, mm-hmm. um, like active directory um, and handling you know password management, stuff like that. Um, and then the second piece is identity access management. So this is you know like stuff like single sign-on. So you know logging in you know with your Facebook account or Google account, or if you have your own SSO provider, Mm-hmm. Um, like a a get a vendor basically, um, but access management also uh, is like a step up from just username and passwords, but also multi-factor authentication. So you know, doing face ID on your phone as a second factor of authentication, or a UBI, mm-hmm. or SMS. Um, so that's another way to uh, to handle the authentication piece of a user. And then the authorization piece is, you know, once you're logged in, you know, if I'm, if I work for payroll, I only want to see the payroll app. I'm not going to be, you know, given like admin access to all the Linux servers, right? Yeah. Um, so only giving people access to what they need.
2: List privilege. Um, okay. Yes. When it comes to identities, are we just talking of users? Is, is are only users considered identities or is identity something more than just a user. Can it be something more than just a
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean you have you know, beyond just employee and customer, you have devices you know, like IoT, OT, you know, things like that that have, you know, an identity as well. And they need to authenticate into a home base or, you know, a home server or something like that. Um, you know, dealing with like even drones, for instance, mm-hmm. um, you know, drones come in and out of networks and have to connect and stuff like that and authenticate. So yeah, it's way beyond just living, breathing humans. Um, it's everything that connects to the internet basically that has an IP address it, you know, it can be tracked to something or someone.
0: So the term user can be loosely interpreted here. It's not just human. It can also be, like you said, a, a device or anything that has an IP address.
1: Exactly, yep. The ones that are humans are the most dangerous, so that's where um, and that's where people tend to worry about the most.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, anything anything that can connect to the internet really is technically a user, because you have uh, like machine user to machine 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 mm-hmm. connections, stuff like that. So
2: before we go uh, deeper into into IAM, um, before I give it Jennifer. <laughs> It's also a lot of talk about PAM, right? Uh, Privilege mm-hmm. management. So, how does IAM differ from PAM? Is that yep. something?
1: So, yeah. yeah. So I so PAM is you know, we did always refer to it as like the the golden triad. So you have your IGA system, your access management system, and then your PAM system. So all three kind of work together. To create a whole IAM solution, identity access management mm-hmm. solution. Um, so, what privilege management is is you know making sure that privileged users like admins or mm-hmm. anything like that um, are first who they say they are, that their credentials are secure, and that you that when they are done working with what they need to be done with the escalated access, that mm-hmm. access is removed. Um, not all of those are are necessary, but those are like part of what a Pam solution does. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, say I'm an admin and I want to log into um, a a prod server to to push a to push a Git commit or something like that. Um, I could, for instance, like you know, I could request that admin access from a Pam system. And the Pam system would you know spit out a using a password or a a temporary SSH key that I could log in with. I do my thing and then that that is revoked after I'm done, after I do that commit or after I log out. Um, You know, you can also like monitor the whole session so you can record, you know, the whole screen as someone's going through there. So you can watch the keystrokes or you can just log the keystrokes. So there's a lot of stuff with under the PAM umbrella. Um, that you can do to make sure that your privilege, that your keys to the kingdom are safe, basically is what you're doing, um, with a caveat, because I have seen the reason why Pam is mentioned third is because mm-hmm. without a proper IGA or you know even an AD tree or forest, mm-hmm. you know, Emma is kind of like putting a roof on a house without building the walls. Like yeah. you really need a solid I, um, you know, backbone or framework before you even consider PAM.
0: So if you talk about like having a solid backbone, what, like, how do you start with identity and access management? Like what mm-hmm. would you need to have as a basic, at least in place?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think honestly, it's just as basic as it sounds is like having, like knowing where your identities lie Um, you know, whether it's a a directory or database or something like that, knowing, uh, who has access to what, just from a baseline, how to grant access and remove access, you know, basic IGA functionality. How do you change passwords? What's password password management, like age and things like that. Password complexity, which I'm sure other people have talked about on the show. Um, but you know, just handling the basic stuff because um you're only as secure as your weakest point Mm
0: -hmm. it sounds very simple right
1: super easy um but yeah and that's the thing is like you know people say i want to buy a pam system but they'll need to do like two years of pre work (laughs) to before they can actually like install anything now granted like pam is um from the time that I've worked on it, mm-hmm. um, they've gotten a lot simpler and more lean and agile to mm-hmm. be easier to deploy um, and not as expensive and time-consuming. But still, the 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 basics remain. You gotta you gotta do the fundamentals.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely that makes sense. Quick question: So, if let's say you have a circle, right? You have two circles with two different diameters. Mm-hmm. One is smaller and mm-hmm. one is bigger. If I take a PAM solution as a small as as a small diameter, can 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 we say that PAM is part of IAM? Or is it the other way around? Or are they like completely?
1: I think it, it is it is part of it. Um, like even if you don't buy a, a PAM solution, you still have, you know, you're still dealing with admins, whether it's in the you know an actual PAM or not. Um, you're using just, you know, AWS IAM, for example, or, you know, key management or secrets management or whatever, that's still privileged access. Uh, However you, you, uh, whatever you call it, um, there's just no, you know, pretty bundle to put a bow on it with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Pam is absolutely part of. um,
0: We've already touched upon it a little bit with uh, some of the questions and some of the answers that you gave it, but how would you describe the relationship between identity and access management and uh different security domains such as for example i don't know cyber defense or uh risk management for example Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so that's a very good question because you know at the end of the day it really comes down to risk management like you can have the most you know the most elaborate you know im system blah, 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 spend millions of dollars per mm-hmm. year um, and shut down everything and make it super complex. Uh, but is it really worth that risk to, you know, make users write down their posted note, their user their passwords on a Post-it note because everything yeah. is so complex. Um, so it is like, even I am is just balancing that risk. You know, like I said earlier, making that as frictionless as possible. Mm-hmm. Like when I log in, I... Like we use Apple, the touch ID for our MFA. So, and we use mm-hmm. password list as well. So I open my laptop, I do my my touch ID and I'm in. That's all I want to think about I am. That's mm-hmm. all someone should think about. They shouldn't think about like, oh, I need to log in here and then, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 take two minutes uh, because that's when people take shortcuts and things become unsecure. Mm-hmm. But uh, another thing too, like when I was doing pre-sales, I had a lot of, i I talked with all the, the people like from their iam teams like it would be a team sometimes it would be one guy it would be you know stack you know, ops whoever mm-hmm. um but they all had the same story as like if they get if something happens at two or three o'clock in the morning regardless if it's network or database or whatever they mm-hmm. also get that call yeah. because everything is tied to an entity um so it does like iam is unique in that it does touch everything you have mm-hmm. to know a little bit of everything to work in I um, so you know because if you think about it um the elevated privileges right mm-hmm. that's how a lot of people that's a lot how a lot of hacks happen especially yeah. hacks that you know get on the front page of the Wall Street Journal.
0: Definitely,
1: yeah someone logs in they get they they log in with admin access or they log in with someone that they were then granted admin access. So it all comes down to identifying a compromised identity, or like a man in the middle attack, mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. So you know, if you're sec ops, if you're n- network security, um, you're dealing with the IAM guy to mm-hmm. help to help your own domain specifically as well.
0: If there is an IAM guy, at least in the organization.
1: Yes, some people that you know. There is one guy doing everything, mm-hmm. like database IAM. Um, um, but then some, you know, some organizations have a whole team, but that doesn't necessarily make them even more secure either. No, just just uh, you don't want to get that one guy to get hit by a bus. That's what they're more worried about.
0: That's a little morbid, but no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what we basically can conclude here is that identity and access management is its own domain, requires its own specialism, expertise, how you mm-hmm. want to call it but at the same time, it touches everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a good summary, good.
1: <laughs> so it's a very, very deep answer. It's very complex mm-hmm. and it's everywhere.
2: Exactly, yeah. But
1: so are we, so are identities. So there you go.
2: <laughs> it's It's not there if you don't have authentication. Oh, <laughs> if you That's have true. an open door, then you don't need like, identity access management. That's right? true.
1: Yeah, well, the the safe the safest computer is one that's turned off. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a balance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not gonna happen anymore nowadays.
1: <laughs> nope.
0: Okay. Um. So, identity and access management touches upon everything. It requires knowledge and expertise of a little bit of everything. Um. What would you say can go extremely well, or can go extremely or during an implementation of an identity and access management program in an organization?
1: Uh, I think with, I mean, depends on the actual tool, but usually, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealing with the guts of years or decades of tech that that come unearthed. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, that was, that was one thing I dealt during my pre-sales days is, you know, we do a, a nice presentation. Everything's clean. Everything's mm-hmm. going to work, like in our diagrams, and then kick it over to professional services to do the implementation. They're like, "Oh, they had this, or they had this like legacy database, or they have like all these like rogue like servers standing up here that no mm-hmm. one knew about." So, um, yeah, it really just it. I am people figure out where the bodies are buried. <laughs> it's getting morbid, but that's really what it is it's like you'll find you have to know every you'll find out everything about um your network about your database architecture Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not yeah um that can be very ugly Mm -hmm. um but it's kind of one of those things like once you get it it's you you should only have to do it once and Mm -hmm. then you're good hopefully um but then you need you know any software is not going to be able to um keep a policy afloat so you need proper grc people and proper training and security awareness and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. people are actually able to keep the thing moving forward and not fall back into tech debt
0: again yeah that makes sense really so those are a couple of bad practices or not rather not bad practices but bad things that can surface during an implementation uh Mm -hmm. what would help making it smoother
1: can i have one more bad thing
0: sure absolutely we love best things
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> another thing that's uh is budget um uh, you can only like you, i mean again you can buy the most secure system
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh but m- startups or uh, smbs or even like enterprises can't mm-hmm. afford the best so it's again a balancing game of like you know what what's actually possible what's feasible um, and I see that now, like now that I'm on the other side of the table, I'm not a consultant. I'm not pre-sales. I'm actually buying I software. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now I, I have a little bit more sympathy for, uh, the, my, my mm-hmm. ex clients of like why it took so long or, yeah. you know, why they couldn't show up money because it is just, you know, pulling budget, pulling resources together mm-hmm. to be able to actually deploy something onto the good stuff though. Yes, <laughs> The things that go well is having a like-minded company. So, you know, having, like going back to GRC or having like a CISO pitch a security overhaul or, uh, you know, a a phase two, you know, security, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Making sure that they know this is coming, know this is why it's being done because people do not like change is another Mm -hmm. thing you'll find out with IAM. They do not like to change how they do their job. Uh, but if you have to pitch it to them, you have to sell it to them over, you know, the course of months to years to say mm-hmm. like, this is how things are going. This is the training to help you do stuff. Trust us. It'll be better in the long run. Uh, but yeah, so getting the human aspect involved as soon as possible, would, you know, helps aid a, a good successful IM implementation.
0: So getting buy-in from your uh, stakeholders.
1: Um, exactly yep wow. that's the most important thing in the beginning um and then just setting expectations um because it's one of those things like i said like when you unearth tech debt what you think might have taken like two or three mm-hmm. months is actually like oh six months and then we'll do like, like a phase two in like a year because we couldn't do this stuff and then oh this is actually isn't possible so we need to have some workarounds mm-hmm. until you know something else is done so Being flexible with the outcomes and acceptance criteria um, is also important as well. IAM people should know a little bit of every single domain, like networking, database, stuff like that. Getting those people involved in the implementation or like, you know, doing a knowledge transfer or data or, you know, something like that to either get them involved in actual implementation or knowing as much as possible um, will help, you know, communication at least because not only do end users hate changing how they work, but database admins and network admins, especially hate changing how they work. So if they're, brought on, if they're brought on, gone into the, the, the buy-in and implementation and stuff like that, that'll help things help move things along as well.
2: There's, there's been um, a lot of people are run, are now in the cloud, right? Or rather there's some that are still hybrid. How is. How suc- successful have the implementations been when we have a hybrid environment, um, whereby you know you have some on prem and you have the cloud? Is 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 it easy to implement IAM solutions in the in those scenarios, or do, do you prefer to put it on prem or do you prefer to put it in the cloud? How does it work?
1: Very good question. Um, there are some software vendors that, you know, their business case is we do everything. We will help Mm -hmm. connect your on-prem systems, your cloud systems, whatever that, whatever that may be all into one, you know, nice little package. There are others that are just like, you know, we're, we're cloud only. If you don't like it, you know, buy someone else. Um, I think, I think the way just technology is going. Everyone is going to be cloud only eventually. Um, as these old legacy systems that make pe- make companies stay hybrid, um, like their old databases or mainframes that they're too big to turn off, basically or too big to fail. Um, once they do fail, or someone is able to to translate COBOL over to a newer language, so they can actually sunset that old system. Um, then that is like, you know, those are the last holdouts, um, into, you know, being SaaS only, but I love the cloud. Um, I've worked in both atmospheres and cloud is so much easier. And, um, but yeah, we still do have, uh, on-premises systems so we know it is necessary. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely doable and it's going to be that way. You know, I don't when I say like everyone's going to be all cloud, I don't think that's like 100%. I think you're always going to have some. <laughs>
0: sort of... No, plus there are certain yeah. security vendors who are still refusing to, to put yeah, everything in. All... Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they will get around to it.
0: <laughs> what of
2: the proliferation of IoT? Um, so are we getting, you know, previously you would have, let's say something like a, uh, um I'm looking at my printer and I'm trying to think of an IoT mm. device. You have printed <laughs> other IoT gadgets uh, around bridges the nowadays. <laughs> exactly. How mm-hmm. how easy is it to integrate them into an IAM solution? Uh, do they are are they getting better of authentication or is it still you know plug and play?
1: Um, I think it depends on the use case. So, like you know, consumer IoT is getting much easier because everyone has like a you're you're using your Google account or your Amazon account or you know you name it. Um, like my Nest, for example, or my mm-hmm. my ADT security system is you know connected into my Google Home. So whenever I add a new device, I just have to add it to the Google Home and it's automatically included in ADT. So, like consumer electronics, like they're making it as dumb as possible, um, which is great. Um, business electronics, I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I know we have a printer that works here in the office, and I don't know how that, how it if it's easy or not to to add. I think it's just another device on Jamf. Honestly, I think any kind of business asset is handled. All within an asset management system whether it's a a laptop or a printer or a, an iPhone so that does make it easier because you don't have rogue printers printing out you know information thanks thank God
2: mm-hmm. you, guys have, you guys have read uh, the cuckoos egg right like Cliff stole I'm just looking at it and one of the ways <laughs> that um, that the attacker was trying to mm-hmm. I don't wanna say exfiltrate, but anyway, one of the attack mechanisms was that, you know, how mm-hmm. they found it was he, not- he started printing stuff. I don't remember the exact thing, but he was like, that just reminded me of that.
0: <laughs> Something that also came to mind because we're talking about identity and access management. Um, there has been a lot of hubbub, so to say in the last few years about going passwordless or about the complexity of passwords uh, whether or not something is effective or not um what is your opinion on that
1: i love passwordless mm-hmm. um like we impl- we implemented it here at Qintel and um it makes my life a lot easier and everyone's life's a lot easier um another caveat is that like you know it's not like passwords are not gone away like we, mm-hmm. there's still passwords under the hood it's just like you know you're not resetting it every month so like um you know the whole passwordless moniker is kind of a marketing term there's still passwords yeah there's still like a hash stuff going back and forth across the pipes um yeah. but get, the but user because, experience is partly
0: Wait, cuz can you give an example of what passwordless is because there will probably be many many organizations that still have like legacy authentication and and identification methods yes. and passwordless may sound to them like, "Oh cool, I don't need any passwords anymore." Yeah.
1: Sure. Yep. So basically it's, you know, it's kind of like, you know, set a password then you it's one and done, right? So like I have a password that I created when I joined the company Mm -hmm. and I don't have to reset it anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. What
1: is, what changes though, what makes it secure is that, you know, it's it, we have adaptive authentication as part of our, our policy as part of MFA. So, you know, even though I'm logging in with the single, I don't have to type in the password, Mm -hmm. it knows that like, you know, my MFA through my, my touch ID on my, my Mac, it's me. So Mm -hmm. that's good. That's good enough that's like a password. If my phone, if I do a face ID on my phone, that's great. But adaptive authentication means like if I move, if I go to like a a coffee bar down the street from a new IP from, you know, a location that's not, that it doesn't know where I'm from, it'll just prompt me to, you know, log in again, no big deal. Um, Or if I, you know, do an impossible log on, like if I'm logged in at Pittsburgh right now, and then, you know, I log in from China in an hour, obviously I can't Fly no. that fast. No. So it would, you know, prompt me for, um, prompt me for another log on. So it's, you know, it's not like a free for all, you're always monitoring, you're always like seeing where a device is going, if the person is using the device, that's who they say they are mm-hmm. based on past history. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, prompting a log on event or just, you know, if it's a, um, you know, sometimes if it's a, a known criminal, like IP or from a VPN, a criminal VPN, you can just block that access completely or you know, disable the account, you know, whatever your policy states. So yeah. So it's yeah. So that's the long story of what passwordless entails. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier. Like that's the great thing about it, is that like as an end user, you don't have to worry about that. All you yeah. do is just, you know, press the thing and it goes, which yeah. is great, which is what you want as a product manager.
0: Yeah, you don't need to think about it anymore. You just have it as secure as possible. But as easy as possible for yep. the end user. Say someone wants to work in identity yeah. and access management. Um, what would you recommend them getting into with regards to like learning, training, experience wise?
1: Um, I will say if you want to get into IAM, it'll find you, just like it found me. Mm-hmm. Like if you work in security, like like the the opportunity to work with something IAM related is just gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that it is incredibly fun if you like complex puzzles, which I do, which is why I stuck with it for so long. It's like, there's so much complexity into it. Like, you know, I just barely scratched the surface of, you know, IGA and access management, Pam. Um, There, I mean, there's there's reasons why there's whole software companies dedicated to a single use case Mm -hmm. in some instances, because it is so complex. And if you like doing complex things, that's the That's the right thing to do for you. Um, I will say there is a huge shortage of I experts or analysts or even developers, um, and they're always looking to you know bring in someone new, um, you know from the cyber from from a cyber background or is fresh out of college. Um, yeah, there's we need a lot more people.
0: Cheeky question would you recommend going for more vendor related um type of learning or would you recommend to go more like the overall broad type of content um it's as, 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 as it as both. I am, yeah because I am yeah. is is rather specialized yeah. and very uh, proprietary also in certain manners
1: sure yeah um I th- like the way I did it, as I, you know, I learned I was kind of a a jack of all trades in I am. Like I could I knew the governance piece, I knew the access management, I knew Pam. So I did get to see like where everything how everything worked together as a mm-hmm. big piece. So being a, you know, that's where the consulting came in great was like I got to see everything from a, a you know, a thirty thousand foot view and then six months later, okay, on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, then after, you know, doing consulting for a while, it's like okay, I really want to get really technical and learn something, you know, to make me stand out from, you know, people from the I am generalist. And I was like, access management is the most complex and the most fun that I think I could have. And that's what I did. So I went into the, I went into access management and had a blast and learned so much. And uh, um, then I got burnt out. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, flip that. Um, no, then I, uh, then it was just like, you know, I, I got to, I was able to get so focused onto a single thing that it's like, okay, now I can start. That's why I kind of got into product management because I, I knew so much technical stuff about it and then I could start to, uh, sway the way the products that I was using were going, you know, I was like, you know, you know heads, nose to the grindstone mm-hmm. and like, oh man, if this product would just. Do this it would make it so much easier for our customers oh I could make that decision if I'm a product manager so it, it made me step back a bit and you know now I'm running strategy for products yeah. not just so I am products right now but you know that's just where the path chose for me I guess
2: okay uh Joe I I think um we're ready to wrap up thank you so much for the discussion it was rather interesting thank you for the knowledge that you've shared with us mm-hmm. uh, And I hope that we get to discuss more in future uh, different topics. And to our viewers, thank you so much for keeping up with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, so. Ciao, ciao.
1: (laughs) Bye. Thank you.